Teachers, welcome to the thing that we do on Friday. And it really is Friday. Uh, what's the date today? January 6th, 2023. How are you, Brother Wing? I'm doing well. Oh, it's good that you're doing well. I worry about you, you know, down there in Arkansas. If you're watching on uh, on Facebook, Brother Wing is wearing a suit today. So that's something. And I'm clean shaven. So this you're is... Ch- a, you're starting a new year. This is like my, a new year, new you. Yeah, it's my New Year's resolution that I plan on giving up really quick. <laughs> <laughs> hang, in, hang in there. You can do this. Teachers, uh, you're finishing up. Most of some of you are finishing up a full week. Some of you are finishing up a half week to start the the new year. Some of you actually start uh, for, on what is that? The ninth, seventh, eighth, ninth. Yeah, the uh, January ninth. So we're we should all be fully into it uh, now, and and. And we've got a we've got a great year in the New Testament ahead of us. We're pretty excited about it. And so, Brother Wing and I are here to make your lives work to to make your lives as seminary teachers a little more uh, manageable. We're just going to give you some ideas to help you with with scripture feasting, with helping the students uh, learn how to study the scriptures for themselves. Um, I was thinking about this actually this morning, Brother Wing, when I was out running. Uh, and I was thinking, you know, um, well, the reason why I was thinking about, I was thinking like, we've been asked to, and we'll talk more about this teachers and our individual stakes and trainings and things like that, but we've been asked to help the students, um, improve the way that they pray, uh, in our seminary classes, our students, we don't have our students do their personal daily prayer, but we we might give them opportunities to practice or think about their personal daily prayer. Likewise, with scriptures, they don't do their personal scripture study in our in our class. Rather, they practice doing personal scripture study in class so that they can do it on their own uh, later in life or later that day. And so, uh, I think that's an important thing to for our teachers to understand is is we're kind of like a coach that helps them learn processes and skills and behaviors uh, that they can then practice on their own, hopefully. What do you think? Yeah, we're not trying to download info in a traditional, less effective teaching sense. You know, we're, we're trying to empower them so they can take info and know what to do with it and practice that and know why you know, there's certain commandments and rules. So they, yeah, it's all practice. What do you, what do you think about this brother wing? I was, I was also thinking about this. Um, sometimes I come up with ideas that my wife's like, that's dumb. Just, just don't even, why do you even think about that kind of stuff? But I was thinking about one, a statement that's made. I think I've probably even made a statement like this before where people sometimes will, we're talking about our testimonies or something like that. And we might say something like, yeah, I don't know. I don't ever remember a time when I didn't believe uh, the church was true or something like that. Um, have you ever heard someone say something like that before? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think what uh, I don't think there's anything too seriously wrong with that statement. But I, th- we, I think what would be cool is if we were able to identify like 
what things we did specifically that really increased our testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Like I remember my junior year of seminary that I learned how to feast on the scriptures and I started reading the scriptures differently. And that changed the way that I viewed the gospel and Joseph Smith and Jesus Christ. And, and um, I think those types of uh, moments can be powerful. And hopefully uh, we get to be, we get to witness some of those types of moments Instead of, like you said, instead of just downloading info to our students, we we teach them skills to help them learn uh, for themselves through the Holy Ghost. Yeah, I think the way that SNI administration is is capturing this is they're saying we're providing experiences. Yeah, like that's the that's the key of what we're doing with seminary, providing experience to them that they have experience studying the scriptures, they have experience listening to the Holy Ghost, they have experience working on how to liken this to their life or do something about it. Like they yeah. practice all of this in class. Yeah. Sometimes people will say like, uh, you know, somebody will end up like leaving the church or something. And they're like, I can't believe they left the church. They, they, they graduated from seminary or they went on a mission. You know, the doing of those things isn't what is the, is the converting thing. It's, what did they do when they were in seminary? What did they do while they were on a mission? I'm not saying that the people who leave the church weren't, you know, using their time wisely in, in seminary, but, or on, on a mission. But uh, I think it's important to consider like just, just showing up. That's another, that's another phrase that kind of bugs me. Well, at least we showed up just showing up. Isn't, isn't always the biggest thing, right? Showing up and doing something is a lot better than just, just showing up. So. Yeah. Amen. All right. So uh, this week, I mean, this is such a huge shift from the Old Testament. Don't you think, Brother Wayne, like the, the blocks of scriptures that we're, we're just as far as um, the practical side of teaching seminary, we're not doing these huge blocks of scriptures. This, I mean, we're doing very small blocks of scriptures. So teachers, if you, you know, some of you, I know you're just starting this semester. And so you're like, oh, so what's the big deal? Uh, if if you were with us through the Old Testament time, I mean, you're, you were panicking like, oh, my gosh, how in the world am I supposed to cover 30 chapters of Chronicles or something? And um, but now, like this week, we've got Luke 2 and Matthew 2 and and that's it. We got Luke 2 and Matthew 2 and we've got different different blocks of scriptures within those chapters. And so the students will be scripture feasting on much smaller blocks of, of scriptures. So uh, now the panic might be from going from, how am I going to cover all of these chapters to uh, how am I going to fill 50 minutes with 14 verses of scriptures? The answer is the same as um, really the same as when we were doing the, you know, 30 chapters in the Old Testament, let the students rely on the, we're, we're not worried about coverage or, or, or amounts. We're worried about conversion and your students can have a remarkable experience in 14 verses of scriptures, uh, just as uh, remarkable as they could have in 30 chapters of, of scriptures. And so uh, we're going to help you kind of not panic about that. So should we jump into this week, Brother Wing? We got, on January 9th, we got on our pacing guide, Intro to the New Testament. What's that all about? Yeah, so this is a great time to have this lesson and kind of give a general idea about what the students can expect as they study the New Testament this year. 
And so the, in the manual, it's, it's going to, it's very Christ-centered and it's going to focus on him. And quickly in that content, it quotes Sister Jean B. Bingham about what happens when you get to know Christ better and follow what he teaches. You know, she says specifically, the more we learn about, have faith in and emulate Jesus Christ, the more we come to understand that he is the source of all healing, peace, and eternal progress. Like really awesome statement. And so I kind of, based on what I looked at in that manual, I thought, well, wait, there's other people who have said similar things. So I just did a little search and I found one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, like eight, nine more quotes that are similar to that. Basically, the more we know about Jesus, then this result uh, will happen. And so um, I'll post this on Facebook. These wow, quotes. you get on Facebook? Yeah, every, awesome. every once in a while I'll do that. <laughs> and I'm also at our training meeting tomorrow uh, that I'm having. I'll also talk about these. But anyway, there's a bunch of other quotes. And I, I think if you can take these statements, that might be a way to introduce this lesson is to be like, look, the New Testament as Elder, remember Elder Perry? He said, I, I thought Perry. this was cool. He said that the New Testament is the centerpiece of all scriptural history kind of a cool statement. Well, that makes sense. Why do you think it's the centerpiece? Why do you think he would call it the centerpiece? Yeah, it's like it's well, he says um it's the because of its focus on the savior's life and ministry. Yeah. You know, so it's like the Book of Mormon is the keystone, Doctrine and Covenants is the capstone, New Testament is the centerpiece, and Old Testament mm -hmm. is the foundation. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Anyway, so what do you, what do you, what can you expect as your study or what's something to focus on while you go through about this study? Let's just get to know Jesus better. Well, what happens when we know Jesus better? Here's where all these quotes that I'm talking about. And so you could just give your students, you know, three or four minutes to just kind of look at those quotes. Like, what can we expect if we actually personally made the goal to get to know Christ better, you know, from our study? What will happen if we really take seminary seriously and value this time and use it for this purpose. And there's just amazing blessings quoted by Elder Maxwell, President Nelson, Elder Anderson, other speakers in general conference. Um, and so I'll, for time's sake, I won't go through all of them, but I'll post them in Facebook and I'll also share them uh, later. I actually thought on, the, that. on that lesson, the introduction, New Testament, um, the supplemental learning activities were pretty scripture feasting-esque. Uh, they they lended themselves to having the students really dig into the scripture, studying some of the names of Jesus Christ and um, and studying some of the uh, just different experiences that uh, from the Savior's life that could increase someone's faith. And so you might look at those in the manual in the the supplemental activities, and uh, you could probably scripture feast the whole time that first day on on those verses that they list there for you. So yeah, that's, that's great one. because after, if you've used these quotes or even just sister Bingham's quote, and then they're like, okay, yeah, I want to know, I want to know Jesus better. I want to yep. do more to learn about him. Well, you actually then want to do the very thing like right in class, like we were talking about, let's practice this. So I would go straight then to, and my personal favorite was that second supplemental learning activity the one that's titled studying the new Testament yeah. in our testimony. Cause that one goes into 
specific blocks that they could use right. that actually suggest That's a good one. five of them. And you could divide them up or they, students could just pick one that they want to, but that's going to give them a direct real experience to then practice using the New Testament to get to know Christ better. What do they learn about Christ? And then you can talk about how could you, what's something that you could do to act on what you learned to conclude that lesson. But that would be a great way to kick off their New Testament study. Excellent. All right, so let's get into the next day when we get into Luke uh, Luke 2. The Again, I'll just remind you, teachers, one of my favorite parts of the teacher's manual, I'm not sure that phrase has ever come out of my mouth before, but one of my uh, favorite parts of the teacher's manual is the overview section uh, of the for the week. And the reason why I like it is it kind of centers you you just, I, this is the way I would do it. I would just read through, I might even watch some of the videos that they link in there and just saw that I have an overview in my mind of the, the content that my students are going to be engaged with that week. I'm not sure that I'm, I'm reading it to, uh, to come up with lesson ideas or anything like that. It's just for me, it helps me, uh, put my feet in Jerusalem or in Bethlehem and, uh, and so hopefully, again, what we're doing is we're understanding, just like we're training our students, we're understanding context, and then we read the scriptures, all right? We don't understand the context and then read the manual. We understand context, and then we read the, the scriptures. Um, and and that that is how we prepare to, to teach. And I like that it says that in the overview, too, the uh, prepare to teach, not prepare a lesson. There's a difference. Yeah. And this particular block, you know, with Luke 2, 1 through 14, um, they just went through this probably with their family. You know, they might be like, oh, we're reading this again. I just acted this. I wore a bathrobe and tied a tie (laughs) on my head. You know, we read this, you know, and it's possible that they could be like, hey, we just did this kind of boring to me now. But you might ask the question like, look, let's read Luke 2, 1 through 14. If for scripture feasting, but this time, what did you miss? Yeah. When you went over this just a couple of weeks ago with Christmas, you know, time. And so what, what's the detail that you didn't pick up on? Yeah. Um, there's a question sort of like that in the manual, but I might just adapt it and just acknowledge, yeah, you probably just went through this, but let's, let's go a little deeper um, here. The other thing about this lesson is it provides the context for a doctrinal mastery passage. And then what we're doing with this, at least on our pacing guide, is we've combined this this lesson that provides context and then the following lesson that is the doctrinal mastery passage lesson. And so then you can, now that you've got the context of that, then you can go into more detail and teach that uh, doctrinal mastery passage, which is going to review the acquiring spiritual knowledge principles, um, and it's going to uh, let them give some ideas about how they can apply this and use it in their life. Yeah. I love the, I, I, again, I love teachers uh, engaging the students with that, with the bookmark, the scripture feasting bookmark, sending them into those 14 verses. They're going, you're going to have a, I'm just so excited for you. I think you'll have a great discussion regardless of what question that they choose from those bookmarks or whatever question, maybe they, they come up with the question on their own, but, um, but approaching that, I was just with the class, not too long ago where we read that we read Luke two. And I just asked, what did you learn about or from the savior? 
as you as you studied this and it was it's remarkable the the spiritual capacity of your students and the way that the holy ghost will work with them uh again your job teachers is to listen really carefully to what they say when they find an answer to one of those questions that's a remarkable experience and so you listen carefully to what they say in their answer and then you respond you you listen with the holy ghost and then follow whatever promptings you have to respond to them ask them additional questions um have them uh share how they came to know something was true uh give them that opportunity to to go even deeper in their in the responses that they get to those the questions that they have answered through the scriptures it's a remarkable thing to have questions answered as you study the scriptures all right so that's the first that's the that's january 10th or so uh, luke 2 1 through 14 the next day is luke 2 1 through 39 plus uh matthew 2 1 through 12 and uh really matthew 2 uh 1 through 23 so there's what do we do when it's like the same when it's the same block of scripture the next day, Brother Wing. Yeah. So the the way that this manual is structured, it's gonna this is gonna happen other times where they'll take like a part of a chapter and focus on that for one theme or focus of it. Mm-hmm. And then it's like the next day they do the whole thing, you know, the whole chapter in a in a different way with a different theme or a different way of looking at those same verses sometimes that overlap with a within our lesson. So, so get used to this. It's going to be how it goes. You can kind of see where it goes in this case, what we've done with the pacing, because we had to, to, to fit in these intro lessons, we've combined two lessons that are in the manual. Um, and so, and that's okay. The, the theme for that Wednesday with those two lessons, there's a lot about revelation yeah, in there. And so that's kind of cool. And you can take that. There's a quote in the Luke 2, 1 through 39, Matthew 2, 1 through 12 lesson part. And it quotes President Nelson. And he says, the most important truth the Holy Ghost will ever witness to you is, and then it reads the rest of the quote, but I might pause there and only show that part, that first part of it to the students. And I think they'll probably guess what the rest of it is he's going to say, but it might just be worth it to do it like that, to emphasize that here's a prophet telling us the most important truth the Holy Ghost will ever witness to you is, and then like, let that next part be emphasized um, to them. And then take them straight in to what the manual provides is a pretty cool scripture feasting activity. Yeah. Go to Luke 2, 25 to 33, 36 to 38, looking for evidence of the Holy Ghost in the lives of Simeon and Anna, you know, and what they can learn from, um, from those stories uh, that are there. So that's that's one way to kick off that that part of the lesson. Yeah, you know, that story of Simeon and Anna is for a while, for a long time, um, that's been my favorite part of Luke 2. I, a lot of times we, we uh, on Christmas Eve, you know, we read Luke 2, we read part of Luke 2, but I love reading all of Luke 2 because of that story of Simeon and, and Anna. It's just one of the things I like to to do is maybe have your students picture themselves in the temple with uh, just kind of standing off to the side, watching Joseph and Mary with Jesus here. And these two old folks, Simeon and Anna, who recognize uh, who recognize the Messiah, even though he's a baby. 
and um you can even show them a picture it's an actual photo taken there that you can find a, a picture of Simeon and Anna to show them to help them visualize this experience and um and and talk to them about how did Anna recognize Jesus how did Simeon recognize Jesus well the holy ghost revealed that but what had they done to prepare what had they done what had they done to prepare to see the savior uh, they were familiar with the prophecies. They were obviously scripture readers. Uh, Anna was a scripture reader. Simeon was a scripture reader. And so the Holy Ghost could work with them. And uh, and they had a remarkable experience in a pretty, probably pretty crowded temple uh, when not everybody was recognizing that the Savior was there. I was just thinking about, you know, when, when you know, Mary lets Simeon hold, I don't know if I've, I, Oh, I'm pretty good at holding babies, but man, that would be stressful. Don't drop this one. Don't drop this type of thing. <laughs> Don't want to sound disrespectful, but I get your point. You know, a guy that's about to die and you're going to your baby. <laughs> Here, hold my baby. Okay. Uh, um, but I guess, I guess it would have been all right. I liked your overview of that. And it does, you can kind of emphasize to the students then, you know, like, is it possible to recognize who Christ is without the guiding help of the Holy Ghost mm -hmm. to witness of this? Like the, the Holy Ghost is critical to this process of understanding Jesus and knowing who he is um, and being able to recognize him. Can we recognize him in our lives without the help of the Holy Ghost? You know, like yeah. we need the spirit. And then that, that might be a way to then kick off the next part of that day's content with the Matthew 2. 13 to right. 23 or 11 to 23 part right because um we we used a quote from president nelson that was in the manual here's a quote that's not in the manual but you might use for the matthew 2 13 to 23 part remember that quote where president uh, nelson says this was in april 2018 and he said it will not be possible to survive mm. spiritually without the guiding directing comforting and constant influence of the holy ghost you could just put that part of the quote this time and then say, okay, think about this statement while you read Matthew 2, 13 to 23, and notice how revelation guides Joseph to protect Jesus. Yeah. And there's a lot of uh, parenting things there probably, you know, but, but um, to be able to, to, to survive you know, in this case, physically, but um, you can see how the principles would apply to surviving spiritually, like President Nelson's talking about. You know, and even just, I was reading this the other, I was reading this the other day, a couple of days ago, and the thought came to me, I was reading it with the question in mind, uh, what am I learning about God, our Heavenly Father, from this? And it was just interesting to me to think, the thought that came to my mind is, I've been real, you know, Herod had to die before Christ came back to to Israel. It would have been really easy for God to remove Herod and protected Christ that way, right? And but but he didn't do that. He had, you know, he had Joseph that we say, "Oh yeah, they went to Egypt." Well, that's not a little that's not just down the road, right? Just Mary and Joseph headed to Egypt with with Jesus. Um there was a there was per, there was a purpose behind that. I'm sure Mary and Joseph were learning a, a little bit about uh being a, a mom and a dad through that experience. But God also, I was thinking, uh, you know, God 
honors the agency of his children, even his wicked children like Herod. Uh, and, um, and certainly Joseph didn't have to follow the directions to, to go to Egypt, but he did and was blessed for it. And so I, I was just listening also this morning to President Nelson's uh, talk from Conference Overcoming the World. And he talked about how keeping covenants makes your life easier. It doesn't make it easy, but it makes it easier. And so Joseph and Mary keeping covenants, they still struggled. I mean, that's a trip to go to Egypt, but uh, but their lives would have been remarkably more difficult had they chose not to follow the direction they were given. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, Excellent. there are some Joseph Smith translations that are in Matthew 2 there. Yes. Manual point out to you. I want to emphasize the third one that's right at the end of the chapter and so it's in the appendix it's matthew in the for the joseph smith translation it's matthew 3 34 to 36 but it says that first verse says why is it that ye have not that ye receive not the preaching of him whom god hath sent if you receive not this in your hearts you receive not me and if you receive not me you receive not him of whom i am sent to bear record and so it, it further emphasizes more about revelation here that we right. receive him in our hearts. This is not just some conceptual process that we're going through in seminary that we can have an experience or we can be inspired to do something outside of class to further receive this message or his word or Christ into our hearts. And so that might be a good way to conclude that day of seminary with some with a suggestion, you know, or a question to help students to make that application. Like what's something that you could do to respond to revelation? What's something that right. you could do to further receive this, not just in your mind, but actually into your heart, you know, and what does that even mean? Or what would that look like? You know, and that kind of a question would be a good way to conclude that day. Excellent. You know, um, I had an interesting thought. Well, it was interesting to me. It was one of those things it's like when you hear, have you ever been listening to a song and then you looked up the lyrics and realized you've been singing it wrong the whole time? You're like, oh, it's not, <laughs> that's not what it is. Yeah. I don't know. I know you do a lot of singing. And so you probably are, you're probably always looking up lyrics, but the, um, you know, the song, the sacrament song, Jesus of Nazareth. Uh -huh. I've never wondered why that song is called Jesus of Nazareth because I'm oh Jesus from Nazareth. Well, I obviously know that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, right? And uh, so he's not from Nazareth. But when they came back from Egypt, that's where they that's where they went to. They went to Nazareth, right? So uh, Matthew, the book of Matthew, like you can spot a math a Matthew verse, uh, Matthew chapter you out of anybody, out of all the other gospels, because Matthew has this thing about proving through the old Testament that Jesus, you know, really is the, the, that he's fulfilled all these old Testament prophecies. Well, um, this is a plug actually for footnotes because in the, in the la very last verse of Matthew chapter two, he says um, that Jesus dwelt in Nazareth, that it might be full, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets that I was stuck on that the other day forever. I'm like, where, which prophet, said that Jesus was going to be from Nazareth. And I couldn't think, I can't, maybe there is one, I just can't see, but I looked at the footnote and it says, top of guide scriptures lost. I'm like, oh, good. I, the, 
<laughs> so Matthew, it seems like, unless there's uh, somewhere in the Old Testament I'm not familiar with or can't remember, seems like there's some other prophet that uh, Matthew knows about that prophesied that Jesus was going to uh, live in Nazareth, but we don't have that. Do you know anywhere in the Old Testament that says he's going to be from Nazareth? No. And I, you know, others have made the point, I guess we'll talk about this in a sec, but about how the wise men were looking for a star, but how did they know? To look for yeah, how they know to look for a star. Yeah, because that's not in the Old Testament anywhere either. <laughs> right. Yeah. Wow, weird. <laughs> must be more prophets in scriptures. Wow, can there. you imagine that there'd be more prophets than that which are listed in the 66 books of the Bible? Yeah. Huh. Heresy. All right. Um, where are we? Oh, the rest of Luke 2 uh, and learning by the Spirit. What are we doing that day, Brother Wing? Okay, so this is an this is you know those verses Luke two forty to fifty two man fantastic and they do you know we've got this this uh, one of those introductory lessons that that flow pretty well with yep. the learning by the Spirit thing so that might be a good way to kind of do that by the way I'll pause here this whole week teachers as you look through this content if you want to divide up things differently than how it's on the pacing guide by all means do it, you know, if it fits better for your students. For example, on that Tuesday doctrinal mastery, you might emphasize the context lesson more than the doctrinal mastery passage lesson or vice versa, whichever you feel like is best for your students. Same thing here with this Luke 2, 40 to 52. You may end up finding that the thrust of the lesson is the is the Luke 2, 40 to 52. And then you just kind of use some principles from that learning by the spirit lesson to kind of blend it in. Or you could treat them completely separately, which again, whichever you think is better for the students that are in front of you. But on these verses in Luke 2, I do think they're great to just, this is a great scripture feasting. Yeah. I just read them all and you almost don't even have to pick a purpose because the verses are going to be really inspiring. But if you do pick a question from the bookmark or a skill that that will help the students even further. But I really like the idea, and I don't know who came up with this. It's just like one of those things that I think people have said for years. But isn't it cool how they lost Jesus and found him in the temple? You know, and so it's like, have we lost Jesus at times of our lives, and where are we going to find him? You know, like let's just go back to our yep, to our focus on the temple and temple worthiness and temple covenants and temple uh, work, you know, let's, let's find Jesus as well in the same, same way, same pattern. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Um, I still don't know how you lose your kid, uh, but I, I don't understand all the cultures and, and stuff like that. And I imagine Jesus was quite a responsible young man. And so they weren't too worried until they were, I don't weren't know. They, weren't they like in a big, wouldn't they have been in a big group? Yeah, you know? I, that's what I hear. They're in a big caravan. But still, I mean, if you're. <laughs> that's how I That's how I got lost at Bush Gardens in Florida when I was a little kid. Oh, man. The exact same way. Everybody thought I was with one other group. The, where was the first? You probably, they found you at the corn dog stand, probably not at the temple. <laughs> I was lost. They took, yeah, it was, Let's it was find crazy. wherever, find wherever they're selling pork and beans. And I bet we'll find them there. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, I was eating. That's true. I was eating food when they found me. 
<laughs> Excellent. All right. So the last day, uh, we have this lesson that's in the introduction to the New Testament part of the manual on scripture study. And I think you have a, I think you can do this. This, this is the trap, I think, of this lesson. Um, you can have a pretty good discussion about scripture study, which I think would be good. Just the trap is you don't want to do that for your whole lesson. You don't want to just talk about scripture study. You actually want to practice a little bit. So I think there's like a little self-evaluation test that you can give the students to help them kind of reflect on their own uh, uh, scripture study. And then I think it's important to help them set some goals related to scripture study. Um, I think before they set those goals, though, you want to help them, you want to kind of prime the pump so they set a great goal, not just a goal like I'm going to read a chapter a day, which is not a terrible goal, but we want them to, to use the scriptures for their intent, which is to help us deepen our conversion to the Savior and our, our Father in heaven. How would you approach this this scripture study, uh, studying the scriptures lesson? For the yeah, I like your caution about not falling into that trap. That's going to be very uh, helpful. I really love the the quote by President Nelson that's in the manual there, mm -hmm. you know, where he emphasizes where can we go to hear him? You know, and this this would be a great way to introduce this to say to again, like we've said, give them an experience practicing this, but you're also showing them why. So like they've heard that they should study the scriptures their whole lives, you know, and so have you. But why? Why do we study the scriptures? Why do we want to develop a daily habit of meaningful scripture study on our own? Why would somebody want to do that? Well, that's the focus of what President Nelson's quote talks about that we want to hear him. Yeah. You know, and you're going to be better able to hear the Lord and give him more opportunity to talk to you when you study the scriptures and and participate in daily immersion, you know, as President Nelson calls it. So it's pretty cool that this ends on a Friday to me is because, <laughs> by the way, I would, before I go on to that, you do want to, I like the idea of letting them kind of see footnotes and yeah, what's in the footnotes and give them a little taste there. The manual kind of guides you through some practice there. So that's right. That's pretty good. Uh, but then you want to say what, you know, this is your scripture study. So no one's going to tell you what your personal scripture study lo should look like when you do it and, you know, what it means. Like you, you figure that out um, in your life, but uh, it's a good chance that many of your students are not participating in daily, meaningful, personal scripture study by themselves. And so since this lesson comes on a Friday, Maybe that's kind of a cool time to just say, look, you got the weekend. Why don't you just try this out at some point in the weekend, do something by yourself with the scriptures. It may or may not apply to come follow me or your seminary study. Maybe you want to read something in the book of Mormon or some other place like, but you just do something for some amount of time on your own by yourself. No one needs to check up on you about this and, and just see what happens, you know? make a goal right now. What do you, what do you feel like would be the good thing to do here? And then let them uh, go about it. And then I did say, no one's going to check on you, but you might want to follow up on Monday and then, you know, just kind of say, Hey, anybody want to talk about, did you have right. to do this? Or do you want to talk about anything about that? Again, you're not trying to invade their personal territory with their personal scripture study, but if they, but you might give them an opportunity if they want to, to discuss their experience on Monday 
having tried something with their scripture study. It could be a way to emphasize this and get them on a path. Now, this isn't the only time you want to bring up scripture study. You're going to kind of want to bring this up throughout. Scripture feasting provides a great opportunity to do that every day. But like you said, the goal here is that they're they're, they're getting this practice in seminary. That's going to strengthen their ability and their confidence to go to the scriptures by themselves. And hopefully that that then translates into them doing a doing more on their own with the scriptures um, and that they, when seminary is over, whether it's over the weekend or at the end of the school year, that they're just more likely to be able to study on their own. Yeah. You know, the, you know, that super great quote um, about reading the book of Mormon by um, president Nelson, I think it's in 2017 where he talks about, if you read the book of Mormon, every day you'll make better decisions every bit every day you'll be able to overcome uh distractions and temptations uh even addictions like pornography if you say the book of mormon that might be an interesting i was just thinking as you're talking that might be an interesting quote uh to share with your students and then just ask as you know and the way i would share a quote is not the way that i just did it with the i would always have the quote in front of your students so they can see that quote um, you don't just want to tell them a quote because they get distracted from that or they don't remember everything it says. But I would just say, um, as you're setting your goal, like what type of scripture study is President Nelson talking about here? The type of scripture study, uh, you know, reading the Book of Mormon, he says, will help you make better decisions every day. Well, what kind of reading of the Book of Mormon will help you make decisions, better decisions every day? What kind of, what does it, what would it look like? If I'm reading the Book of Mormon to help help me overcome an addiction, what does that look like? What are some of the things? How am I using the Book of Mormon? How am I studying it? What are specific actions that I'm engaging in while I study? Not just, oh, did I? Well, I read it today. I'm a, I probably will make a better decision. Uh, and so there has to be a, um, some effort involved in that uh, in that study. So I, I think that your students encourage them to set super good goals. Um, and, but you kind of have to prime the pump. Like I was saying, uh, share with them the elder Christofferson's quote here from the manual, share with them some, give them thinking about, all right, scripture study is more than me reading it. It's really more than me studying it, looking for, Oh, that's, that's a really cool chiasm that I found here. It's, it's really, how am I seeing the savior? How am I, what, what does God expect of me? It's really those, those scripture feasting questions that um, that those students have on the bookmarks, along with a myriad of other questions. Yeah, you know, that quote from President Nelson that you mentioned about making better decisions every day because you prayerfully study the Book of Mormon every day. Yeah. That was quoted by Elder Eddie. Yeah, Mark in, Eddie. Um, in, Mount View uh, Bruins, class of 1993. <laughs> in general conference, uh, just this last general conference. So it, his talk was titled The Virtue of the Word. That's a great talk to review um, ahead of this week's content. Such a good talk. That's a good idea. And really good one idea. other thing about this week's content, especially right here at the beginning of the year, you know, you some of you are really good about inviting your students to write, you know, things that they're learning or goals that they're making. We talked a lot about goals. We talked a lot about responding to revelation throughout this week's content. And so even with that first lesson, the intro to the New Testament lesson, you might want to suggest or resuggest that students keep a little study journal with them. 
Now, some of you have study journals with your students. Some of you don't. Um, and, and even some students, they're going to want study. They don't want a study journal that, that's going to be stored at the classroom because it's got personal stuff in it, you know? And so you, you figure this out. You talk to your students about it, um, what they think is best. Maybe Monday's a good day to kind of have this brief discussion um, about that. But whether they're taking it on their phone or they're writing it in a journal of their own that they keep with them, or it's a journal that you provide and they, and they store at the classroom, whatever, however that looks like the concept of being able to write things down and write goals down and things that they're learning and capture what they feel like the Holy ghost is communicating to them. That's a great part of meaningful scripture study that they can do in class and on their own. Perfect. Excellent. Oh, have we done it, Brother Wing? Is there anything else we need to tell these teachers at all? I think we're good. Do you think any of them are still listening at this point? <laughs> probably not. But. Probably not. We're probably good. We could probably talk about football games this weekend. Now we'll just end it right now. Teachers, if you're still listening, you get gold shingles on your mansion in heaven. You have a great week in the New Testament, uh, helping your students see the Savior in those pages and then respond to the promptings of the Holy Ghost that they receive. Uh, and it's awesome. All right, everybody. Everybody, we love your guts. Stay righteous. 